0: Welcome back to the episode of the Good Advice Podcast. You're checking out, in my opinion, one of the best places to learn how to actually grow and scale your business. There's no fluff on this podcast, just good advice. And in fact, we're gonna be talking about the good things that you can be doing to grow your business. Now, today's episode is a great one. We have Stacy Conkle, who is a local business owner who runs A Beautiful Day Cleaning. She's a genius of a business owner. We're gonna be talking about the entrepreneurial path with her today. But before we dive in, a couple of quick announcements. We are celebrating five years of good advice. You're gonna be seeing on the podcast our top 10 most downloaded episodes Over the last five years, very excited to start airing those starting at the end of this week. And other than that, you're about to hear from one of the amazing businesses who sponsor the podcast. Of course, if you're subscribed to the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Good Advice, you're actually gonna be able to skip that ad and jump right into this conversation with Stacy. Otherwise, check out this quick ad. We'll be right back. Talk soon. You know that feeling at 10 o'clock at night when you finished a long day of work. And you're trying to figure out all the financials of your business? Well, the good news is you don't have to be an expert in this space. You got to just know who is the expert to call. That person is Steve Lay with Equity Business Solutions, and he does business bookkeeping services better than anyone else I know. By not only helping you manage your books, he can also be the expert to help you understand your books. On top of that, he also handles payroll for businesses and really takes the worry and stress of managing all of these things so that you can focus on running your business well. So what are you waiting for? Stop wasting time trying to understand all these elements of your business. Call Steve Lay at Equity Business Solutions and he'll show you the value beyond the numbers. Go to equitybusinesssolutionsllc.com to find out more. Stacy, it's so great to have you on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's good to be here.
0: So, you are a business owner. You joined the NWA community a few years ago. Right. Uh, do you call yourself a native now or?
1: Uh, no, I don't call myself a native. Okay. Yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> I asked it as some if time. like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I was going to like, you know, accuse you of doing something wrong. Right, if you right, said, yeah. yes, no, I have a native. Not yet. So, not
1: yet. It's, it's home, you know, but native, yeah. native takes some time, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your business, you know, what you do on a daily basis. I know you have a couple of things that you're doing, but you have the main thing and you have like yeah. a side thing. Um, tell yeah. our listeners a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, so my business is cleaning. Both businesses are cleaning. Um, but uh I started uh when I right after we moved here, I started with short term rentals after experiencing property management and um wanted to, to Build a company that catered to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's where it started. And then um, after a couple of years, that uh, not evolved, but I, I added a second company separately, though, for residential cleaning people's homes that that's a beautiful day in. and that's a beautiful day cleaning yeah and then yeah.
0: do you have a different name for
1: yes that's cozy cabin cleaning
0: okay i sure. like how you <laughs> have such like
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't, I,
0: i'm trying not to sound like condescending yeah. like oh that's cute you know but right no i'm just like yeah this is right I, you know i was never really that gifted at this kind of stuff like someone asked me like what should i call my business and i was like dude i don't know oh, Like, it, it's tough know. to
1: come up with names yeah but, you know. and i
0: like you know the business like i saw a business that was um it was called Arkansas fencing. And I was like, yeah, I love that. I know exactly what it is. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: So I feel like there is like this nuance of not being too cute, I guess, but also like, oh, yeah, I get an idea.
1: Well, and so when it comes to business names, so I you know, you can get really hung up on them. I'm one of those people that can get hung up on it. But then I have come to realize that really, it doesn't matter. It really, it really doesn't, doesn't. matter. People yeah. have some really weird names that when you first hear them, you're like, how did that even happen? Right. You know, and how are they like a franchise with that name? You know? Right. But well, I mean, think about it, it.
0: The heck, what the heck is Google? Yeah. You know, or right. Amazon. Yeah. Um, so what
1: ha- what matters is that people get to know you and it becomes normal. Yeah. Right? Or somebody who has a kid with a weird name and you're like, why? But then yes. it becomes normal. Right. That's a whole other conversation because <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. my wife and I, we had like this phase yeah. where it was like everyone we knew who was getting pregnant for the first time, and they were doing like the gender reveal or the whatever, whatever right. reveal, and then they would do the name. Re- this is a thing, by yeah, the way, the name reveal, of course. which we never, yeah, I, I never did this. Um, but this is a thing. I don't <laughs> want to begrudge anyone from their I first know. kid experience, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, though I was at a gender reveal party, and I immediately asked, I was like, "Hey, are there any explosives that are going to go off?" And they're like, well, we have, you know, like a firework or two. And I was like, okay, I'm taking my kids inside yeah, So <laughs> yeah. it's all over. So yeah. this whole thing's become like a an it's, industry at this yes. point. But um, yeah, we were at like a name reveal party and they said the name and we were like, my wife and I were on opposite sides of the room. Uh, and we immediately I I like, you know, that look yes. with your spouse. Where you're just like, huh, you know, that's interesting. <laughs> <Okay. Yep. laughs> but we do this with our business names sometimes. And yeah. I think about, um, you know, and it's not to knock any of us, I don't think, but I think what you said is really wise in that it ultimately doesn't matter. And as business owners, we can get hyper fixated on some things that feel really important, uh, but aren't always that important.
1: Yeah, not as important as, you know, we feel there or yeah. we're making them out to be. Yeah, for sure. And so that's one of them, the name.
0: Yeah. So beautiful <laughs> day. And then Cozy Cabin, was that it? Yes. Okay, cool. Now, how do you, how do you split your time or do you split, or is it all kind of the same in your no, mind or? R-
1: well, right now, because a beautiful day is in its, its first year. I mean, everything's going to that. Cozy Cabin is very much like I did a good job with systems. It's very, yeah. um, aside from hiring, which is a nonstop issue. Um, it's very it's on autopilot kind of, you know, it's very part time for me. So I just kind of, you know, keep the plate spinning. And then, uh, you know, we go through hiring uh, highs and lows, but otherwise, um, all of almost all of my attentions on a beautiful day, because I'm just trying to get that thing off the ground right now. And it takes, you know, it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've heard it. I've heard it described as I was, I can't think of the analogy with it, but it's like cranking a wheel Yeah. And how it takes so much effort to get like that first full crank around but yeah. then once the once snowball, you do yeah. right yeah yes. but it definitely feels that way and I mean I think everyone has a different story but for me that cranking effect was like two or three years yeah I mean it was a and lot
1: I, so and then I this the residential space is much more um, um much more competitive, right so and there's just a lot going on there. So a lot of options. Um, It's a lot more difficult than the short-term rental space was getting started. So even though I experienced that to some degree in the first uh, go-around with Cozy Cabin, it's much more difficult in this this space with a Beautiful Day. So um, the two- to three-year thing is much more realistic (laughs) for me as I'm finding out Mm -hmm. as we go. Than you know, it took only two years to get Cozy Cabin, like, I, it was profiting right away, but like profiting to where I could actually take home, you know, a decent little small paycheck, right. you know, and then to where it's operating on its own. It's it's going to be a very different story this time.
0: You said something that I that really was interesting to me. The um creating the system so it kind of runs itself. Yeah, and it's always surprising to me the business owners who are working like crazy hours, and they like when you mention system or you mention like process, they're like, yeah, I have I have an Excel spreadsheet, and it's like, okay, right. well, that's not Ugh. quite a system right um but i'd love to hear more about kind of how you created this and got it running on its own
1: yeah yes um so a lot of it just has to do with i was trying to automate as much as possible and there's still so much more i can do but really with short-term rentals the biggest thing is the schedule is really crazy because it's based on people's vacations you got to think short-term rentals is basically synonymous with airbnb okay so the people book their their vacations and it's it this is what I don't like about the business um, is that the schedule, it tells me, you know, I mean, I could set it up differently, but the whole catering to it um, is it tells me when we're booked, you know, so um, it's seven days a week and holidays are a big thing, right? So the calendar is a very big piece of it. And so anytime someone books their um, their vacation, it shows up on our calendar. That was, that was like the main automated piece I had to get in place. And that's just a software that's out there. You know, we use resortcleaning.com, right? Anyways. And because of that, now I have friends that are in the, in the business, they do all sorts of different, you know, parts of the industry of cleaning, but most people don't use that. And they're, they're missing appointments or, you know, they're, they're trying to remember or plug them into their, their calendar when they get to it later. And it's, it's just absolute chaos we've never missed an appointment which is a big thing with these and um so that's a big part of it was the automate the automation of the calendar so it just feeds right into our calendar <coughs> excuse me our calendar so we'll, we'll get a notification and then we can schedule things um as they come in or half of them are already booked out you know next month we'll say right but um otherwise it's just that the only other piece that isn't um systemized is, is hiring. You still got to have a hand in that. And that's constant.
0: (laughs) Well, like I think for our listeners hearing what you just described, I mean, it gets, it gets booked. It goes on the calendar seven days a week. I mean, that, that sounds really great. And yet a lot of people are hesitant to rely on technology, utilize technology, utilize different services to kind of automate different parts of their business. Any ideas why people are so slow to use those things?
1: Yeah, I sometimes I, I, I ask myself the same question. But um, I think there's not knowing, right? Some people are just, you know, there's things that we're more inclined, like that come easier to understanding and using. And I think that there's, for some people, the systems just isn't natural, right? And it's not something that they desire or the bigger thing that I've noticed, at least in my field, is that a lot of the owners are the operators, and I was there too. But you can't, Have that mindset. You have to be, even if you are operating, you have to be thinking about not operating at some point and setting yourself up so that you're not operating. But people are drowning in the field, you know. Yeah, so but at least I'm in I'll control. Get to it. Yeah. Right? Well, I'll get to it later, you yeah. know, or I know I need yeah. to do this, but I just worked 10, 12 hours today and I'm not going to. And then the next day comes and the next day comes. So I would imagine, at least in my field, that systems or most businesses, when you're when you're owner operator, you know, you're drowning. And yeah. so you just don't get to it, right? It's the best
0: life, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> I, it does feel like sometimes people are so um a lot of people's stories and I don't know your story, but a lot of people's stories for getting into entrepreneurship is, um, part, you know, one part, stick it to the corporate man. Like I had a bad experience. I had a boss. I had this job that was soul sucking and now I'm going to, you know, venture out on my own. I think one part that one part, um, not necessarily that, but just wanting to do something that they have their own control and agency over. Um, and what I've noticed is that sometimes people, they, so dislike the idea of like the corporate structured world that when you start talking about systems and processes, Uh, it's like, whoa, that's, you know, I left that life behind, you know, without realizing that. I mean, yes, this may have been a soul sucking job, but they had systems of accountability and
1: yeah, well, and let's be real, because what's happening is you're about to build the soul sucking job for somebody else, but you want to be in the driver's seat. right? Right. That's what I'm thinking. So. (laughs) um but i i agree with that like that so i think that for me i wasn't like i gotta i I didn't love corporate but i've worked corporate and small business for other people and i i enjoyed bits of both but for me it was more the being in control or doing you know like yeah i have I, i i enjoy being in the driver's seat and putting my own ideas to test you know um so for me it was that i i enjoyed some things about corporate and everything else but um The bottom line is if you're going to do anything scalable... You have to have some. I mean, if you're going to stay small and maybe boutique-ish, and you know you're going to be involved all the time, but if you're headed, you can do that. You know, you can. You don't need necessarily have to have uh, um, systems and operations at the forefront all the time. But if you're going to build anything scalable, if you plan to ever step away from the business in the future, you have to be creating some sort of systems and processes so that people know what to do and plug in. Otherwise, it's chaos whether you're there or not, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what you're going to deal with all the time. this is why people get out of being an entrepreneur and get out of business because it's too much chaos.
0: Right. Well, then the other piece of that then is having people you can delegate to right? rely on. Um, you know, I think it's interesting too, for us business owners is a lot of times we think that those absences from our businesses will always be planned. Like when we talk about like delegating or having a process where the business kind of runs itself, we often think like, Oh yeah, for my 10 year anniversary, I'm going to take Two weeks off and I really hope the business keeps running. Right. Well, it may not be that. It may be, you know, a loved one gets into a car accident, it pulls you away. Or, you know, obviously we don't want that for anybody. but, But that's yeah. But it's interesting how we we often don't think about those those things that happen that we're not in control of. And so then the question becomes here's how I think of it is like with COVID, I think about the businesses that did really well were investing in their management of their people on the front end and then when COVID hit it was we have a lot of trust we can lean on versus the businesses that were like i mean i was getting phone calls that was like hey you know how do we build culture here how do we build trust and it was like dude you're like six months too late man i mean yes
1: yeah. You know, and and that's another when it comes to the people, which your internal people, your staff are the other side of the coin. You got your customers and your staff. They're equally important.
0: I, I'm just going to pause you. I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. I love that you looped those two, th- those two things together. Yeah, Cause I, I think that's a brilliant point in that people, a lot of businesses have those two groups so far away uh, right. of like the customers, the customers, but right. then like the people it's like, Oh yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh god. So I, no. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I
0: love that you're pairing these things together. Um oh sorry about that. Is
1: that good? Or if it works, it works. Okay. Um, sorry, yeah. Mic was well, are, on right. Us. Yeah, it's just sliding down. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Um, but, but they, I interrupted you they I'm are, sorry. Yeah. So the people piece. So with the systems and the operation and really thinking about it like that. So not just for yourself, right? But for the fact that people, right? Because your staff, you need stability there. Um, You need them to be happy, this culture thing, all of it ties together. It's all a big piece. But In order, this is my belief is that we all, most people want to be good at their job. You know, they want to be happy when they go to work, right? But a lot of it just falls apart because um, be it that there's no systems or you've got bad management or whatever version of it it is. But when you have systems um, in place and people know what's expected of them, right, and then they can perform it you know, or they know how to perform or what performing really even means in that environment, then you have a higher chance of uh, of overall happiness, which then creates stability internally, which then pours out and everywhere else. Right. So it's just I, I, in my mind, you you can't really build anything beyond yourself um, that that will that take care of you and you need your business to take care of you. That's kind of the point. Right. Um, and, and your people, too. But you can't do that without having some sort of it's, it's like systems in place but to me it's very much like how we are with 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 parenting you know your kids need some structure you know mm-hmm. they need they need some freedom mm-hmm. as well you know we talked about that a little earlier kind of too mm-hmm. right structure but freedom and there's this balance and anyways but you know yeah
0: i mean i think i think it's really interesting i love also you're saying a lot of things that i'm like oh man i really want to go on that for a second but yeah we talk about leadership a lot on the podcast and i have a have a, before I was doing good advice, I was doing this leadership consulting company. Mm. And one of the things that would often come up and you mentioned it, you know, I believe that people want to do good in their job and there's managers out there. And, and I frankly, if for you, some of you guys who are listening, um, if this is your, and you can just keep pulling that up if Mm -hmm. it keeps, I don't know why it's drooping on you. (laughs) Um, uh, for those of you guys who are listening, if your tendency is, my employees are always trying to take advantage of me. I I think you're going to have a little bit of a difficult time, right? but this perception of, um, they want to do a good job. So how do I, and, and I think sometimes we have a hard time of seeing these things aren't mutually exclusive in that you can both know your people want to do a good job, but also give them the, I think of like the, um, at the bowling alley, the uh bumpers. The, yes, yes. Cause I need those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do date nights bowling right. anymore, by the way, because I would get too mad.
1: I hate bowling. You know,
0: my wife was like, <laughs> This isn't fun for me. Like you're such a baby. <laughs> but so anyway. <laughs> um, I think employees and, and and understand something too, the distinction here, guys. We're not talking about um we're not talking about your employees are incompetent, so you need to give them bumpers. I, I think it's when you empower your people they just they simply need to know where the lanes are right you know it's like i think about i worked for a business where um someone was picking up their job was to pick up groceries from a name brand store right. and she's 65 years old and she was picking up like 2000 pounds of food and they were having her load the truck um by herself I and mean, there's no there's no scenario in the world where this is good for this person right, right. and she's doing it in the middle of the summer heat. It's right. like this is this is ridiculous. So I was so upset by this. I went to the store and basically chewed out yeah. the GM of this place being like, what are you doing to this poor person? Well, after the fact, it was like, hey, that really wasn't your job to do that. Yeah. Um, so I have like I have freedom in my position, but I I didn't understand where the boundary was right. between hey, really someone else who has more. This is a long-term relationship who has more trust built, who can move the needle better for this person would have been more useful. And knowing those boundaries would have been, would have served me well. Again, right, it's not right. that I'm incompetent. It's sure. not that I'm not able to have the right. conversation. So I think for our employees, you know, knowing what's expected. And Stacey and I just came from a meeting where someone was asking this exact question, you know, business owners who don't know how to hold their people accountable. And I think it all starts with this question of, do I know what's expected of me? Right. And I think a lot of people. Don't know that,
1: right? They don't, and there's this other factor too. Yep, that. So, what's expected of me, or how much can I get away with, right? And so, and that's something that we deal with all the time. Like good people, just you, you know, you go in. Here's how we do it. So, I'll use ours as a. a, a loose example but you know we go through our training process this is what it's it's what is expected of you it's also in photos and written it's it's everywhere uh, i do this so that i don't cuz i always usually come back to myself and like oh what did i where did i miss this what could i have done differently anyways we have layers and layers of what's expected and and ways to reference that but people by nature will still you know they're having a rushed day they they want to get in and get out whatever the version of it is for them they uh, cut corners right and Now it's your job, my job as the leader to do it. What am I letting slide? You know, like how tight am I gonna run this ship? Am I gonna run it so tight that I run people off? Or am I gonna run it, you know, just tight enough so that they anyways. So what you what you allow to slide is another factor too. So people may even know what's expected, but how you follow up and the the accountability Mm. factor and how consistent you are with all of that is another factor part of it. So this yeah. whole back end stuff, you know, leadership is not easy. It's 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 not like it's hard to do. It's challenging to be consistent is usually yeah. all it comes down to with everything is consistency. Well, and, <laughs> and
0: people are naturally complicated. Yeah. You know, and I think we all have different personalities on our teams. Yes. And uh, just being very honest, some of those personalities are very difficult right. to work with and more importantly to manage. Yes. Um there are people who are incredibly qualified who are very hard to manage. Yeah. And then there are people who are very easy to manage who aren't delivering the value that you'd want in that position. Right. And, and I think this kind of all goes back to why systems and processes are so important is because for you guys who are listening and maybe you're firing, you're firing, (laughs) maybe you're firing somebody, (laughs) but you're, you're hiring maybe your first employee or maybe your first two or three employees. You have to understand that you are very quickly going to transition from running and managing your business to now feeling like you're managing people more. Absolutely. And and it almost in my mind kind of feels like um, like a scale mm-hmm. where it's like the more I lean into managing people, the less money I make because I can't divert the attention I need to the business. Absolutely. So having those systems where the business can sort of operate and run itself and then you can invest in your people. Right. And this this is um, but then again, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, obviously. I mean, that's, but,
1: but that's a good oversimplification. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's the so balance.
0: W- what's your hiring process like? I mean, I, I think hiring is a pain that Um, I think really everyone, despite whatever, regardless of the industry, I think everyone has gone through this pain point in some way. Um, I mentioned, I haven't mentioned on the podcast, but when I hired a social media person, I mentioned this morning, 200 applications, Mm -hmm. I think maybe like 15 interviews, um, finally hired someone who, um, was a great person, not a great employee, right um didn't end up keeping them long term right um but hiring can be very painful yes and it is. costs a lot of time and money yep um yep all sol- that. solve so it for us what's the I answer i can't solve it for you i need somebody <laughs> to solve it for
1: me so that is not my strong suit um i would very much like to i've never tried a hiring service i would like to be doing that but we're still all part time and it's, it's just it's inconsistent and weird. So I'm, it's not, we're not quite there yet, but my, my process is, I think like most people's, which is posting on the standard uh, sites, you know, and then, contacting, like, I'll call and I'll have an initial conversation. So I can weed out some people, you know, but um I don't, I I have come to the realization that I cannot trust my gut <laughs> on hiring. So a lot of it right now, we're to the point where it's like, okay, we, there's some obvious red flags that we know about from our experience so far, but it goes through me, then I have my trainer so that we at least have two people's opinions. And then, we put them in the field for training and then that sometimes weeds them out. And it is, it's, it's time, co- time consuming and expensive and I hate it, you know, <laughs> but I don't have answers for that because it's not my strong suit.
0: I guess. There you go. Yeah. We... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Somebody help me.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think, and I think for you guys listening, if you're experiencing the pain point of hiring, I mean, Just join the club. I I, I honestly, we were just talking earlier this morning, um, about a business that's closing down and, and how much of a a tough time Mm. they had in hiring people and keeping people. And, um, you know, this is, this is the world we live in right now. And that it's a, um, I don't know what you'd call it. Um, the person interviewing, uh, it's their world right now, like a kind of a buyer seller's market. I mean, the leverage and the power is in the person applying rather than the business, um
1: so I'll say so cozy cabin, the first company uh very part time very the schedule's kind of crazy for the 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 staff too right so it's not an ideal internal situation um and then where I'm trying and working on building cozy cabin the, the or sorry a beautiful day the residential side is because of these problems, um, I'm trying to build this. I am building this very differently, right? But it's going to take time. And that includes us, all the stuff we were talking about before about culture, but it's, you know, um, better pay, something mm. that serves them in yeah. such a way that you can start like eventually the tide will turn. It doesn't, yeah. you know, like if you build it right, the tide will turn where even in a market where like they staff, employees have all the options in the world. You're trying to build something where they want to work for you. You have people coming to you eventually, right? right. So I would I, I really hope that I can get this to the point where in five years, people are coming to me. You know, there's something here that most of the other companies don't offer, but it's really hard to build on that because a lot of it's money, yeah, you know, so you've got to be kind of top dollar. and then you've got to build this culture. and anyway, a lot of detail goes into it. and
0: well, no, I mean, i and I think I think, any business owner who is in the long game understands that this stuff doesn't get built overnight. Right. You know, there's a, there's a local company called harvest group that, um, back when I would do, um, like onboarding for businesses, they would get a lot of people from, um, Walmart and JB Hunt, like all these other like, yes. big, big stores. Yes. And the number one thing that I would hear from these people who were recently hired by harvest group, because I'd ask like, well, why harvest group? And right. they would talk about the reputation that harvest group, Right. Harvest group has, in fact, on the podcast, we had an interview with, um, Steve Blair, who was the, um, uh, head of HR, um, COO at harvest group. And he talked so many stories about what they did to value their people. Um, but I think, I think the, the disconnect here is that most businesses, well, here's a quick story. I had a business call me and they said, Hey, we're doing our end of year, um, employee party, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, there's 200 people or 250 employees, my budget's $200. Mm. What can I do? And I was like, well, you can't even do a pizza party (laughs) at that price point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what do you, what do you expect to do? But a lot of people, you know, they expect the one-time thing solves the problem. Right. And you even mentioned pay. It feels like a lot of, a lot of businesses. I had a business a few years ago who, uh, was having a really tough time retaining employees and, he said, you know, my main issue right now is I'm paying $10 an hour and my employees are quitting to go work at Whole Foods because Whole Foods is paying 15 an hour. Mm-hmm. He said, now, what can I do to keep them? And I was like, okay. Um, he said, well, let me, before you answer, I need you to die. The answer can't be that I need to pay them more oh, Okay, because $10 is what I'm set on. And I was like, there's uh, either uh, you, I'm not you, brilliant you, enough yeah. to solve this. But in my mind, <laughs> I mean, we can't
1: ignore yeah. That there's factor. literally
0: there's no answer here. <laughs> yeah. Like you're looking for these little micro decisions you can make that might yeah. make the difference for an employee. All
1: of that matters. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But the pay, you know, pay is not everything. We all know that, but it mm-hmm. is a significant part of it.
0: And I think that's where people get dishonest with themselves of. I think it's fair to say it's not the main thing for everybody, Mm -hmm. but it is, it is the main thing for many people and an important thing for a lot of people. And it's intellectually dishonest. I think as business owners for us to, um, like you even said it earlier about, um, the soul sucking thing for like, we're making that for other people, like this whole, you know, you're going to come work for me. And, you know, a lot of people don't, they just don't grab onto that. So
1: no, you know, cuz you think you're different, I guess, but um and and you try to be, you know, but it takes a lot of effort. But yeah, that that pay thing, you know, it's it's not everything. Money was not everything for me all the way along my career, but the bottom line is especially when you start getting into your family life, you know, and you get older and you you, you gas prices are freaking out like right now the economy is not stable, like everything's skyrocketed and the wages haven't caught up and we're in this crossfire right now, you know, and that's just people, it's almost um, maybe the only thing that matters for a lot of people right now. You know, they're willing to do some different jobs for the right kind of pay because the the stress that you feel at home, internally, you know, just on your shoulders when it comes to money, especially when you're not making it financially, um, is enough to uh, maybe shed a lot of the other things. And and culture matters, you know, being treated well matters, Mm -hmm. but pay is still just the heavy portion of it.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes we over, we over, um, we make this way too sexy a conversation. I think of, and I see this on social media, a lot of like, um, and I've even like shared this kind of content, especially when I worked at my previous consulting place of, um, you know, people don't leave, um, bad jobs. They leave bad bosses and people, they quit a best, they they quit this great paying job to take less money elsewhere. And this gets shared so many times and I'm kind of sick of it, honestly, because I'm like, OK, yes, but
1: sometimes, sure. you know, yeah, I'm yeah. like,
0: I also know people who they kept. They stayed at their job because they paid 20K more and they had five kids That's and right. they were that mattered to them. And um, it's
1: become very common now to job hop, um, and I don't mean that in mean in a derogatory way, but job hop to get more money. Like mm-hmm. that's just the, the at least the consensus is that that's how you get more money, yeah. right? As you leave and move on.
0: Well, and that's an that's an employer's fault. It that is you offer one Abso- percent yeah. at the end of a year, <laughs> right? And I can go, but make- your new
1: employee comes in making more. Yeah, yeah. that stuff's insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And I think, you know, and maybe this is a greater insight on, you know, just being a long-term thinker. I do know a lot of business owners are really short-term minded mm-hmm. and many employers will let that employee go to take 10K elsewhere and then they'll bring in the new employee at the same rate as before, right. but, but no experience, you know, they mm-hmm. take six months no to a year. yet. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you end up spending you know, infinitely more than you would have spent right. I mean, for it's in more K- instability. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but sometimes I just feel like I'm rambling and then I'm like, yeah, so there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> no, really though.
1: It's, that's a thing. And I, I, right now I'm trying to remember something you said, cause I wanted to run off on it, but I don't, I don't remember yeah. what it was.
0: No, I mean, it's, anyway. it's, it's wild. I mean, I, I think for everybody listening, I mean, you know, it's interesting cause I feel like sometimes people make business ownership sound so simple you know and so yes. easy and i see this a lot and and i think for me the situation i get into is new business owners who call me who are really excited and jazzed about their idea mm. and i have like swimming in my head all of these complexities oh, that come with man. running a business yes and when i when i start to share it's usually in the form of a question. It's like, well, what, how are you going to address this? What are you going to do with that? Right. Um, I was talking to a guy who he was talking about a service he was selling. And I was like, well, have you thought about what it's going to cost you to sell that? And he was like, well, I think I would just find someone who would, you know, sell me the materials for cheap. And I was like, well, do you know someone? And He's like, well, no. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, do you know the industry? So you're
1: overanalyzing for him, you know? Yeah. I'm like, do <laughs> yeah. you know the industry?
0: He's like, no. And I'm like, do so okay. you think you're just going to find someone who will sell you lumber at a discount, right? Right. Because and he's like, well, what my, what I'm doing is really special.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, I yeah, know. Right, exactly. Special. Right. Yes. And
0: so, but what I have found is, as I start to ask these questions, I, I get a little over sensitive is not the right word. I get, um, I, I guess, I'm kind of careful asking these questions because I can see the excitement levels, yeah. like.
1: Dipping right? as they're yeah. like, oh
0: wow, like what I read
1: veterans coming in here like we're okay. <laughs> well what I read, on,
0: you know, these people are like, Well, what I read on social media is I could quit my job and be running a six figure business. And I mean, this was me. I mean, I was my previous firm, I think I sold like a quarter of a million dollars in sales. And I thought, well, geez, if I did a little bit of this, I mean I could be a millionaire in five right. years. And, you know, then I realized I knew nothing about sales or running a business or anything. Right, right.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) But to that, to the example that you gave, though, there is something to just diving in ignorantly. You know, because when you do think about it too much, you realize that your s- chances are very slim, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you may never do it. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a there's two ways to go about that. I wanted to go back to what I remembered. What that thing was: long term, short term thinking, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I this is something that I struggle with all the time. Because you know how you, you you hear from other people, maybe even like people in your industry or people who are doing similar things as you, or or not, but you know, and, and I am very much a long-term thinker and I sometimes worry that, you know, I'm not short-term thinking enough, you know, so I'm, you know, everything for me is like building it for the long-term, but you have to have some short-term thinking as well, because you have to fill it in, you know, you have to have some revenue coming in sooner than later. And a lot of the long-term thinking just takes too long, Mm -hmm. you know, when you, when you run it like that. Um, But anyway, how are, what about you? Like, do you, are you with long-term? I'm a big
0: picture person. It's really hard for me. I've had to create systems that help me in the short-term like what am i doing today who am i talking to today yeah because i'm very much um like i see i see the ship as a whole i see where we're going i'm like this is so exciting um you know for example like i I, i've sold a bunch of advertising on the podcast well then where i'm going next isn't the next person to talk to to sell advertising to which my business would probably really appreciate that. Uh Instead, it's like, (laughs) oh, where could the podcast be? What if I took all of the money I made from that and just set it aside and then put that into my own advertising for the podcast to get more listeners? Right. Like, what would that do for the show as like a brand? So I think a lot about stuff like that. And it's really hard for me. um, You know, it's it's really common. I'll think about something that will make me money three months from now. And I don't always think... Okay, but what am I how am I getting paid today? right? Um, yeah, and I think that operational yes. piece, I think it feels less sexy is why I feel less drawn to it, but it is very important because most businesses fail because they run out of cash right. Um, yeah, so but I
1: think that thinking long term all the time is how you run out of cash now, you know, like that's my problem. I, yeah, or I'll I mean, keep putting it back in, you know, and it's like, okay, well, you need to make money, you know yeah. Oh, I will, I will well when.
0: And yeah. Like- <laughs> and I, I, it's interesting. Cause I was, I mentioned earlier, I was talking to this guy on the phone yesterday who he was thinking about like this new thing he wanted to do. And like, how does he present it to his wife? And yeah. I was like, man, I, I honestly don't know because it's, there is like a, there needs to be a short-term assurance piece to it. I can make money right now with it, but then there also needs in terms of like stability. Okay. Three years from now, where right. are we heading to? Right. And at the end of the day, you know, I don't know if it's like You spend 50 on this and 50 on this, like 50% uh, where I, where I end up is like, okay, yeah, this just all reminds me that running a business is really freaking hard, right? Like it's really freaking hard. And I, I think you guys listening, if you feel like it's freaking hard it's supposed to be.
1: Right. You might be doing it right. <laughs> if you
0: feel like it's easy, I resent you. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I did, have a, I did have a guy who started a business <laughs> and he was quitting his job to start his business. And I was like, well, just so you know, man, it's going to take a while to make your first sale. And he signed like a major deal, like on day <sighs> right? four. And
1: you're like, okay. And I was
0: like, all right, man, well, congrats. I guess <laughs> it was just always easy for him.
1: Yeah. And yeah. there's this
0: really great movie, uh, a chick flick. I-, I can't think of what it's called. Oh, I got um, to know. I think it's called, Mm -hmm. he's just not that into you.
1: Oh yeah. Yes. Where It's like, it's the exception, not the rule. Right. Yeah. So,
0: and for you guys listening, it's it's a, it's a really good movie actually. Um, but they talk about, um, girl goes on a date. The guy doesn't call her. Well, the answer as to why he didn't call was he's just not that into you, but what the friends and she, what they talk about is like, well, maybe his, maybe he lost his phone. Maybe his SIM card (laughs) got, you know, and it's like all these different things instead of just facing the truth. And I think, you know, for, for those of us who are running businesses, you know, it it is just really freaking hard. And when you hear stories like my friend who his business took off immediately, that's the exception, not the rule. Yes. And the other thing, I think piece of this too, is you have to be passionate enough, not necessarily about the job you're doing. Cause I I do think sometimes people get into a job, you know, not, I don't know if you love cleaning or not, Mm. but you know, that's just the avenue of where they want to go, but there has to be some passion there that you're willing to punish yourself for uh-huh. you know years on end yes. And that's right guys years yes. not like weeks right um anyway i've said a punish lot of yourself which, yeah. that is that's <laughs>
1: funny because that's what it is you know but that and that i was talking about this uh, a few weeks back about there's i don't know what it is about that that punishing yourself i'll never forget that now because you know I, I called it a challenge do i love the challenge or something which of course you know we must but there is something about yeah like the fight you know like i don't know like it, it drives me crazy. It's brought me to tears. Like stresses me the hell out sometimes. But the that that I don't know. Like I want to like. Come out on top, you know, like I want to fight my way out on top, you know. Anyway, there's a lot of things. So, so I that, enjoy that part. Is that what drives
0: you? Is it the challenge of entrepreneurship? So. Or? Well,
1: so listen, what, what's driving me is that this thing needs to work because I want it to fund my retirement so I can live the life that I want, you know. Right. So I've got some time. But, yeah, I'm scared all the time that it's not going to pan out, you know. Um, but I do enjoy the ride i guess is where we're at then the ride which the ride is a freaking fight it's like fight club out here you know yeah. so i don't know i've still but, never
0: seen it so yeah, no you know? spoilers okay please. well it's
1: crazy it's a good movie <laughs> i said that to someone
0: that were like it's been 20 years man yeah. like, you can't drop it. the no spoilers <laughs> line anymore yeah <laughs> it's way past the point yeah yeah there is there is kind of like an adrenaline junkie side yes. of entrepreneurship of like you know will i make enough money or even if you're making your bills like okay am i going to I feel like I'm on the cusp is of something this going but... somewhere. Yeah. Right. The right. Cusp. Yeah, yeah. You do. That... You
1: often feel like you're on the cusp. Yeah. And then I saw some, some meme or something, you know, everybody puts something out there that gives you a little breath of fresh air and a laugh together, you know, but it was something about that. Like basically like it's hell for, you know, three months and then you get a little dab of, you know, something and you're like, okay, I can keep going, you know, and then it's just <laughs> hell. And then you're like, whatever it is, but it's just but, enough.
0: But this is my point when, when someone calls me and they're like, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm I'm probably making it sound like people call me all the time. They don't yeah. <laughs> but like when I, when I occasionally get a phone call yeah. and someone's like really excited and jazz, I feel like I'm like this PTSD, like war right. veteran It's yeah. like, you know, you, you there's old world <laughs> war two photos where the people are coming back from war yeah, and they're just the like s- haggard. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I don't know if you ever saw a band of brothers, but there's yeah, a scene where these, these guys are going off to combat. And as they're going off, the soldiers are returning, like right. passing them. And, um, I mean, that is entrepreneurship, yeah. I feel like. And, And honestly, kind of gets on my nerves when maybe it honestly, maybe I'm just not a very good business person. Like maybe, maybe this isn't the norm. And most people are having Uh, really,
1: that's what we tell ourselves Uh, until we all start talking, which is nice about networking and getting in your group, because you do realize that no, this is exactly how it is for the vast majority of people. Well,
0: I was talking to a guy and I was like, yeah, I was like, man, the grind of entrepreneurship. And he was like, it's not a grind for me. I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, man, (laughs) (laughs) thanks, I guess. (laughs) Or didn't,
1: was it you? Somebody recently brought up about how. I thought it was you. Right. I thought a friend was like, oh, it was no big deal. And it was like, do you remember what you went through? And I think people forget how hard it was at some point. So maybe somebody has gotten to, mm. you know, the comfortable plateau of yeah. things. Right. And they've just forgotten how hard it was. You know,
0: yeah, we're very short term. Yeah, I think um there was a guy there was a guy. and maybe this is the story you're thinking of. There was a guy who talked a lot about his business and, um, how amazing it was. His business was doing really well yes. and how it was just so easy. Yes. Well, I'd known him for a long time yes, and I was it. like, dude, you have, first of all, this is year 11 of your yeah. business. Like, let's get that out of the way. I love that it's working, but it's year 11. Right. And dude, I freaking remember the Facebook posts of you yes,
1: that's the one. being yeah, very yeah.
0: emotional and me being like, this is <laughs> a little weird. I don't know if I put this on Facebook, right? you know? And I'm like. But we don't always I'm not saying he was like purposely hiding that. I just thought it's interesting that you forgot Yes. You know how
1: rough it is. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I think like I haven't forgotten, but I it the sting is gone from the well, it's back because I'm doing this thing over again and it's worse, you know? But like, yeah, I think like, man, why? Why, why did I start this over again when I could have just kept going? But, you know, it's because I wanted something different in the long run, scalability factor, whatever. Right. But I, it, you know, and I, I related when you brought that up that first time about like childbirth, just it, that's really rough. And, you know, you, you, some women are like, I can never do that again, but you do, you know, you forget very quickly, yeah. even how rough it yeah. is. Yeah. I'll
0: never do this again. Yeah. And then you <laughs> yeah. Same with like
1: a puppy, you know, I'll never do this again. You get another one. Yeah. Like, what? what the hell? Yeah. Anyway, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> So, um, for somebody listening, business owner, you know, what, what kind of advice would you leave them with?
1: Uh, someone already at it. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. let's do,
0: I, I think most people who listen are probably,
1: yeah
0: are probably act. I mean, I know people yeah. who tell me like, Hey, yeah. I listen to the podcast. I, They're actual business owners. Some people listen who I think, you know, shout out to you guys who you're, you know, you're working your nine to five. Yeah. I think, I think people are drawn to entrepreneurship. There is something really Definitely. freeing about it. Like freeing. I, I love that. P- Yeah. And I I love that I can, if I needed to, I could not do any work for a day and just spend the day with my kids. Yeah, I love that I have the freedom to do that. Such a
1: big deal. Yeah. So, so I don't, I don't know anything really, you know, just it's my experience, whatever. But what I would say, my advice is to find your, like, get out there, get out from behind the computer and get out with your fellow entrepreneurs Networking, not just for for building your business, but networking has become like I never thought I would want to network, and I love the hell out of it because sure, people get to know you, but I I need to get out from behind my computer and and talk to people mm-hmm. and find out that I'm not alone, that I'm not dumb, that I'm not like right. doing everything wrong, like you know right. that this is there's a lot of things that are that all the bad things are normal, you know, and you you find some comfort in that, and that gives you the fuel to keep going. Right. And that's you need as much fuel to keep going as you can. You know, so that's that would be my my main piece of advice today would just get out there and connect with your fellow entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah, I think it's great advice. I remember a business owner who was just starting out who he was asking for advice on how to like, I guess, kickstart the sales pipeline that he had. And he's like, but here's the caveat. I feel like people put me in really unfair positions where they ask for advice. And I'm like, I'm not smart enough to answer this (laughs) question. But he was like, here's the deal. I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to go to any networking meetings. I don't have to meet anyone. And also I don't, I don't want anyone to have to call me. Like I just want them to be able to go to my website and buy from me. And I was like, yeah, exactly. I was like, uh, I don't know, man, you have to think of something. I I don't have the answer, but no, I think it's great advice. I think, I think, I think many of us are very disconnected as business owners and entrepreneurs and finding those opportunities to swap stories, um, can give you that boost of fuel that you need. Uh, and then also I, it's weird to me how people down, Uh, referral networks. Like I I get it. I get it long-term of like, if you're going to scale, you know, you can only be in so many places at once. So like you can't fully rely on referrals, but, um, some of my referrals have been my all-time best customers and have led to more business.
1: Do people down that?
0: Oh yeah. There's a whole, there's a whole, um, you know, I don't know the phrasing like trend, I guess on online of that being like a sign of like a problem with your business. If you're doing referral business, then your business doesn't have enough inherent value for people to come find you. Oh, I see. Um, okay. like, like a healthy so, business will be one that people naturally go to, they're attracted to. Right. And what I would argue is that, I mean, um, people
1: have to know about you first. Yeah,
0: exactly. And yeah. there was, here's an interesting thing there was this TikTok um, trend, meme, whatever, uh, two months ago. On people were doing this dance on tiktok to a song some song Mm -hmm. well the song came from this tiny tiny hipster uh uh indie artist no one had ever heard of right well their music blew up to millions of downloads all this stuff and the takeaway from this whole phenomenon was here's this incredible artist that no one knew about but because it went viral um now everyone realizes, you know, the beauty and incredibleness of this artist. Which the takeaway here, guys, isn't to try to get viral. I mean, if you can, I, I sure. just go for it. Yeah, yeah. The point is, is that there are fifty thousand million whatever incredible businesses and business ideas out there, but because you're a drop in an ocean.
1: People, yeah.
0: people are not going to just naturally find you.
1: Yeah. I don't know who says that, but that's absolutely absurd. Yeah. So everybody, I mean, I, I, as far as I know, most people know that referrals are your strongest, mm-hmm. you know, word of mouth. That's yeah. what that is yeah. anyway. But you know how that you've always heard growing up, like, okay, it's not what you know, it's who, you know, right. Well, I've heard that it's not who, you know, it's who knows you. Hmm. Really? You know, yeah. to me, that makes absolute sense. Cause yeah. yeah, you can know a lot of people, but if they're not thinking about you, if they don't know who you are, your business, you're, you know, what is that going to do for you? You know, yeah. anyway, but that's what re- networking, you know, does. It, yeah. It gets you out there. People know you. They're buying you or they're attracted to you as a person, right? Yeah. You're the door it. in. Yeah.
0: yeah. And yeah. for our local people, uh, you can go to NWAnetworking.com. It has a calendar on it with all the networking events uh, here in Northwest Arkansas. Um, Stacy. It's been so great having you on the yeah. podcast today. Yeah, I
1: love talking. With uh, this. What great.
0: W- for people listening who they want to know more about you, mm-hmm. maybe they want to check out more about a beautiful day cleaning, yeah. maybe they want to buy from you. What's what's the next step for them?
1: Yeah, so um, you can visit our website abeautifuldaycleaning.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Stacy Conkle, C O N K L E, um, but uh, we're on Facebook, you know, Instagram, social. Really, if you Google a beautiful day cleaning in Arkansas, you'll find us.
0: Great. Well, thank you for being here today. I so appreciate it. Hey, for our listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe or follow button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. Also, don't forget that you can support the podcast through our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee, you can keep this good advice going. And also, don't forget, if you want to advertise on the podcast, you can always reach out Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com to find out more all that to say, thank you so much for those of you who do support the podcast. And for those of you listening, I wish you a good day. Uh, That is today's good advice. I'll catch you later. See ya.